Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. edition of a Lakers snack pack it is just a little after six o'clock here in the east coast uh i am your host magic man aka sean grice uh welcome everybody into this uh late afternoon early evening edition of the Lakers snack pack i want to welcome everybody in and uh, thank you for joining us again so you know just a few thoughts permeating through my brain right now obviously would have been nice to uh close out the game on uh, wednesday hey daniel nice to see you back hopefully they can close out friday because yesterday was not good um just a few loose ends i'm sure it was brought up by uh by joe and gerald and uh every one of our uh subscribers that you know Ham had a chance to put his hands around the game, took out AD after he took out AD. Jenkins grabbed grabbed that opportunity, put his hands all over the game. His imprint was all over the middle of the third quarter and in the fourth, and that was all she wrote. Hopefully, uh, will lead to a better result on Friday. LeBron did not play well. Probably one of the 10 worst playoff games he's ever had in his career. So just chalk it up to to just a bad game. Uh, he'll come back stronger, and uh, hopefully the Lakers will uh, secure a victory. But uh, we'll have more on that tomorrow with uh, another preview, uh, courtesy of the Snack Pack. But for right now, it's just some loose thoughts. And, you know, 3-2, I still feel pretty good about that. I really do. You know, at some point in time, this is inevitable within the series. I mean, everybody had either the Lakers winning at six or seven. A lot of our colleagues, uh, courtside Lakers, Henry had the Lakers at six. Tom also had the Lakers at six. Jamie had the Lakers at six. A lot of uh, predictions scurrying a bit that, you know, eventually the Lakers would uh, win two in a row here. So hopefully they do. Uh, I'd love to uh, just see us take a break for a little bit while uh, the Warriors of Sacramento kill themselves because that was uh, that was something else as well. But I, at first, let's discuss what happened uh, last night in Milwaukee. And, you know, I listened to what Giannis had to say along with uh, everybody else, and it was just a case where, yeah, he probably wasn't 100%, but everybody has injuries at this point of the year. The Heat didn't have Tyler Hero. 
And unfortunately, I don't think the Heat are going to last too long against the Knicks because Bam Adebayo is, I think, on just like one healthy hamstring. Like he's not 100% either. So don't give me this crap about how um, injuries played a part with the Bucks. The Heat were dealing with injuries too, as I welcome in uh, my great friend and uh, fellow colleague for the Lakers Fast Break, Nick Molina. Hey, Nick. Hey, Sean. Um, I hope everything's all right. Um, what are we snacking on today? Apologies, by the way, uh, for my reception. Uh, I am in uh, kind of a, in an iffy situation right now, but hope, hoping, uh, you know, we could uh, talk some ball for a few minutes. Sure, man. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll try and make it very quick. By the way, you sound very good wherever you are. So, okay. thank you very okay, much. Sounds good. Yeah. yeah, no, I was just talking about some loose ends about last night, Nick. It, it it just kind of felt that Ham had a chance to put his hands around the game, but he took AD out, and that's when Jenkins decided he was going to put his hands all over the game, and his imprint was on it, and that Ham just couldn't recover. Man, I loved the, I loved the fact that you sent that um, that uh, tweet by Ke- uh, Kevin O'Connor, which was spot on. So, I mean, like, I don't want to, and I think when losses happen, right? This is a team sport, and I think everybody from the coaching staff to the players shares some responsibility, right? In a result, um, you know, this isn't marathon running where, where you're running by yourself or even a boxing match where you're like boxing a single opponent. Um, you know, this is a team sport. Um, that said, um, you know, I do have to emphasize, even though I'm one of his biggest fans and I think he is uh most likely the greatest basketball player to ever ever play um lebron james just had a very very underwhelming performance um i'm not sure if that uh performance is due to age um i'm not sure if it's due to fatigue um age and fatigue are not the same thing um although they are in some way correlated um i I do think he's focused Uh, i do think he wants to win uh but again i don't i'm not sure if his body is giving him enough feedback at this point I agree, Nick. I agree. And this is just the case of, you know, a high performance athlete. Just he he can't kick it up like he could when he was 28, man. I, you know, and a lot of guys, like he prepares differently and he recovers differently. We understand that. But yeah, it just seems that, you know, even at 38, you're still, uh, you're not immune to uh, the vicissitudes of, uh, lethargy. Hey, man, it, it's just a known fact, right? Like a 26-year-old just has more testosterone than a 38-year-old. It's just the way it is. That's evolution. So, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, Sean. Um, and um, it's uh, it's kind of uh, I wouldn't say infuriating, right? Because we're all going the same way, right? We're humans are meant to age and eventually you know uh phase out um but you know at the same time uh you know it is a disheartening and sad to see you know a player like lebron uh you know not producing as much as he did even a year or two ago again i'm hoping this is an anomaly and the rest of the playoffs he's able to give some of those uh, vintage performances and all of that um i'm seeing zangerstein's uh, comments here about lebron playing center and um, all of that and how, um, you know, the critiques to him, I definitely agree with all of that. Um, in fact, one question that I had for you, Sean, is that 
you know, we're obviously playing AD primarily at center. Um, and we do not have a true backup center at this point, And we haven't played one uh, basically all season, to be honest, not just the playoffs. How sustainable do you think that is to not have a backup center? I know we have people like Tristan Thompson, people like Mobamba who have not gotten minutes. Wenyan plays uh, in spurts in as a small ball center but how sustainable is it to not have a true backup center uh you know what that's a great question nick uh, i would say this i think that it's sustainable to a point however i think you know the longer and the more games they play and the longer this playoffs go on it's going to become a situation where they're not going to be able to recover or spell whatever uh, fit they had because it's going to, it's going to bite us at some point. It just, it's a, it's a matter of probabilities to me more than anything else. Going to be very interesting to see like when, where that happens, but you're right, Nick, they're unfortunately, you know, it's baked into the cake now that there's probably not going to be, a true backup center. So it looks like Ham's going to just keep trying to get away with uh, playing LeBron. And uh, maybe he, maybe he lets down his guard a little bit and plays Rui there again. I don't think so, but it's, it's possibility, but yeah, we definitely need, uh, need to address that in the off season. No question about it. Right. Um, yeah, that definitely is a hole that needs to be filled. Uh, funny enough, we all thought that hole was uh, somewhat filled with the incorporation of Mo Bamba. Obviously, that hasn't been the case. Um, I know Mo Bamba has a lot of deficiencies in his game, you know, motor being one of them, uh, lateral movement. That said, I'm still a, a bit mystified, befuddled, to be honest, like why Mo Bamba does not seem to even get, you know, maybe three, four minutes, you know, like just throw them in there. It's a big body, you know, catch a couple rebounds, hopefully get a block, maybe stretch the floor and get a three. Um, I, I don't know why Ham, uh, for lack of a better term, why does Ham hate Mo Bamba? You know what, Nick? I think, honestly, I think this um, is just, uh, I think it's, let's be honest, like certain, there are certain biases that, uh, certain in um, supervisors, so to speak, let's say, have for uh, other employees than, than the quality that it probably should be. I think that for whatever reason, Mo Bamba isn't uh, Coach Ham's cup of tea, even though you would, you made all those good points about, you know, how somehow his physical profile fits into Ham's like philosophy, but it doesn't translate on the court. It's almost, you know, what Gerald talks about the, the theory of Mo Bamba is better than the actual practical seeing him like in action, like the theory that he's this long shooting blocking prowess uh, can hit a three. It's just, it's not a, cons it's not at a consistent level where he's able to balance all, of, all of them like together. So I think it's a combination of, you know, he's not Ham's guy and Ham doesn't want to give him the opportunity to kind of prove himself like he did with Rui.
Yeah, I, I guess where I'm at is, that, and to be completely clear, I don't think Mobamba is uh, the answer to our issues. All I'm saying is that if I'm going to choose between Wayne and Gabriel to play a few minutes at center or Mobamba, uh, I think I'm going for the guy that's bigger that could potentially shoot, um, even though he does have you know the motor deficiencies and all the other holes in his game that we've talked about. Um, yeah, it's almost like, I don't know, choosing between, uh, you know, a banana that's unripe and a banana that's, I, I'd rather have the banana that's a little bit more ripe. Yes, you would You would rather have a banana that's ripe, 100%, 100%. Uh, and you got to check for uh, tarantulas in them too, right? Shout out to Harry Belafonte, Passed Away. That was a, that was a great song. Rest in peace to Belafonte. Uh, yes, and sh- shout outs to uh, to the uh, PMC, uh, Petting My Cat, Search and Destroy, Anderson. Everybody's OG's original, original, and they came out to support us. Thank you guys so much. This is Raphael from NBADraftJunkies.com, and you are listening to the Lakers Fast Break. Check out what's been going on with the Pop Culture Cosmo Show and the PCC Multiverse. That seems to me like something that is possible, something that could happen. Whether you're introduced to a character or a location or something that will tie it to the new movies coming. But it's still Ray from The Last Skywalker. From right, that but it could be the new Jedi for the new movies that you're talking about, yeah. for the new branch that's going to grow yeah. all out of it. Come on, Joe. Come on, come on, come on. You gotta attach it all at some place, or it's disjointed and it doesn't make any sense. Come on, come on. It is gonna make sense because you can say it's a long time ago. That scroll at the beginning of every Star Wars movie sets up everything for you. Come on, come on, come on. They make you read the recap instead of showing it to you. That's the difference. That's the Pop Culture Cosmo Show and the PCC Multiverse. Catch our show on Worldwide Radio seven days a week and wherever you get your podcasts. So, Nick, before uh, before we head on out, I just wanted to uh, get your thoughts on uh, what happened last night to the Milwaukee Bucks because uh, I was talking with Gerald, uh, you know, about a week and a half ago, just before the playoffs uh, were starting and we were still in the, the play-in phase and he did not have any confidence whatsoever that Miami or anybody else would be able to uh, give one of the Bucks or Celtics fits. Um, now tonight we're seeing that the Celtics, the pressure's on them, man. If they don't close out the Hawks, then we're going back to Boston for a game seven. And we saw last night that uh, Milwaukee just, the Heat just, were just a better team, man. And, um surprisingly coach bud did not put Giannis on jimmy butler maybe the back was an issue but honestly nick for all the excuses that the analysts and some of the bucks fans are giving for their performance the fact is miami's got injuries too heroes out uh depots out um bam out of bio is playing on one hamstring uh so miami took care of business man and and what did you think of Giannis's um, response to a poorly worded question? Uh, yeah, Sean, and I'm glad you brought up this subject because I think it's 
a subject that the media, the means mainstream media at least hasn't given enough attention to. Uh, let's call a spade a spade. What happened to the Milwaukee Bucks getting beat in five games by an also injured Miami Heat? I mean, it's nothing short of a uh, catastrophic failure, right? I mean, especially, you know, given the pedigree of players that the Bucks have, I mean, um, inexcusable. I actually think it's a, uh, you know, it's obviously on the players, but you also have to uh, lay some responsibility, some a heavy dosage of responsibility on the coaching staff uh, by Milwaukee. I mean, you could lose games for sure, but to lose against, uh, you know, Miami, what, were they seated uh, eighth, I believe? Yeah. And so I don't understand how, you know, they're, they're able to lose in five games uh, against an eighth, uh, eighth seed, um, you know, a season's worth of, uh, of wins that Milwaukee was able to accumulate is just like now gone down to the drain. And uh, yeah, I'll, I'll, and I actually have to recognize too, uh, Magic Man, Jimmy Butler knows how to turn it on in the playoffs. I mean, the guy is a uh, playoff monster. Um, and he's nothing short of, uh, to use your term and to use a PG term, right? Uh, the guy has some onions. Oh, yeah, for sure, Nick. Yeah, 100%. Um, but one of the most interesting stats about uh, Jimmy Butler's career so far with the Heat is uh, the following. Uh, in 231 career regular season games, Jimmy Butler has exactly zero 40-pointers. In 47 playoff games for the Miami Heat, he's got eight 40-plus games. So this guy averages at least one 40-point performance in a six-game series. I'm really excited about the Heat and the Knicks matchup, Nick. This is this is old school NBA rivalry. I consider this a top five NBA rivalry right now. Um, even though they haven't played in about ten years, and before that, it was it was about ten years before then too. But their history goes back like to the late nineties. So they played each other four straight years: ninety seven, ninety eight, ninety nine, two thousand. Uh, a lot of playoff battles and memories. They've played each other five times in the playoffs, Nick. And for the five series, it's gone the distance. Two seven-game series, two five-game series. To me, this feels like a seven-game series. I'm not doubting Jimmy Butler, even in Madison Square Garden. So I think I give the edge to the Heat just a little bit. But this goes back to like old school heat Nick basketball where it's it's physical. Jalen Brunson is the best player on the Knicks. He has a physical profile. Uh, you could say the same thing about Jimmy B. So this to me is like a very throwback kind of series. Nick, what are your thoughts on it? I agree, Sean. It's gonna be a dogfight. There's probably gonna be a, you know, hopefully not, but I wouldn't be surprised if there's a baby version of malice at the palace you know uh <laughs> bringing back uh you know some some gritty basketball you know where you know um we all want to see maybe you know some elbows being thrown a little bit you know just uh make it a little bit more uh spicy uh and the heat could certainly bring the heat and make that a uh a very long series uh for the knicks 
actually, with that said, uh, Sean, uh, do you think the Hawks continue to extend uh, the series tonight? Mm, you know what, Nick? I think that the second quarter, when the, the Hawks bench enters the game, I think is critical. I think if the Hawks bench doesn't need to go uh, cuckoo bananas again like they did in um, – Game three, excuse me. They definitely need to have a really good start and help lift up the Hawks because something tells me Boston's really going to just want to finish them off right away. So I think if the bench plays well at home, I think it'll lead to some serious nail nail needing uh, by the Celtics and their fans. I think... As much as it pains me to say, man, I think they close it out tonight, but I'm rooting for Ice Trey. I really am. Yeah, I, I see you, Sean. So basically your mind is saying Boston, but your heart is saying uh, the Hawks. Yes. Absolutely. Yeah, well, yeah, we never know what could happen. I mean, Trey Young, uh, you know, he definitely played inspired the last game, and he had a moment of brilliance. Um, and it might be a situation where um, – you know, they're able to squeeze one out. Um, but, you know, the wings, you know, this is a game of wings. And you have people like Tatum and and Jalen Brown that, you know, they're just so talented. Um, their size, uh, their length, right, their wingspan. And it, it's just going to be tough for the Hawks. But uh, hopefully they extend it to seven. And who knows, miracles do happen. Yeah, no, they do. They do. And um, add, add in the fact that... Um, you know, you can throw in either a Derek White, Malcolm Brogdon, Marcus Smart out there. They've got a lot of uh, they've got a lot of dogs on chains that can be unleashed. So, <laughs> oh, yeah, I, I like that analogy, uh, Sean. Dogs on chains. Yeah. <laughs> I, I just pictured a, a a kennel of rabid dogs just waiting to come out. Yeah, that's kind of the way they play defensively. So we're going to see Nick, but again, I'm rooting for the Knicks, uh, but Nick, I'm rooting for uh, the Hawks with uh, Trey. You can't doubt playoff Trey either. Same thing with playoff Jimmy. Some, there's just something about playoff Trey. He comes out. As we move on to another series preview, Nick, I want to get your initial thoughts on what you see coming down the pike with uh, the Nuggets and the Suns. And I'll give you just a brief rundown of their playoff history it's very weak. They played twice in the 80s. Each team popped the other. But this was uh, pre-2003, where actually first-round series were not even five games. They were just three games. So if we're going to look at just some modern matchups, the last two times they played each other, Nick, the, the Suns have swept the Nuggets both times. Uh, in 89, they swept them in three straight and uh, we saw it in uh, 2021 as uh, Phoenix was on their way to the finals. They swept the Nuggets. So uh, how do you see this series unfolding, man? Who do you favor? Do you think the Nuggets have have just a little bit more depth? Or do you think it's pretty even as far as um, a 7-8 man rotation? Yeah, Sean. So I'm actually very appreciative that you went over through the through the history between those teams. And uh, I look at history also in terms of the players that are on both rosters. And so that said, 
if I was to pick a team to prevail in this series, I'm going with a team that has the player that has historically performed well in the playoffs, and that is Karen, Kevin Durant, right? So I have to uh, go with the Phoenix Suns here. Um, it's more of a, would I be surprised if the Nuggets win this series? Uh, no. But again, uh, Kevin Durant, um, you know, is a super talented player. He's um, still, you know, extremely productive and, uh, and efficient. And, you know, you can't count him out in a playoff series. I think he still has a lot to prove. And so, um, yeah, I, I would have to uh, go with the Suns in this one. Because, um, again, I'm going uh, I'm going with the team that has the, the player that has historically proven himself in a, uh, in a deep playoff run, and that is uh, Ken Durant. Again, I kind of see this as going the distance again. Like I kind of see it as a seven-game series. To me, the one of the advantages the Nuggets have is that they're going – I think if they can extend the series and just keep KD working on both ends, which would be the key, then you have to pick your spots with him. Because there are a number of guys who can defend him, right? I'm going to be very interested. They're likely going to start Aaron Gordon on him only because I think there's going to be a priority for KCP to be on book. And, you know, KCP has a lot of length. So he's going to be able to really bother Booker. I think that's the key to me is that if you can contain KD and let him go off for 35 or 40 and you keep Booker in check, I think the Nuggets give themselves an opportunity because Phoenix's front court is at a real disadvantage here, right? The Nuggets have MPJ, they have Jokic, they have Aaron Gordon, plus you could throw Jeff Green off the bench as well. They have a lot of length and a lot of different uh, malleability to defend the sun. That doesn't necessarily mean that they're going to do it well, right? Because you, as you said, Nick, they uh, the Suns have KD, the, the, mo- the most forceful offensive player in NBA history. So he's going to be able to uh, get what he wants. But I think in the end, it's just going to come down to can Phoenix overcome their lack of depth. Because I don't think the Nuggets' depth necessarily helps them against the Suns. They do have, they do have the Brown brothers, Christian Brown and uh, Bruce. But after that, you really only have Jeff Green off the bench. Whereas you know the Suns can manage, I think, with Biombo and uh, Jock Landell, uh, along with Tory Craig. So to me, I don't think there's there's a huge gap in terms of the depth, as opposed to what they dealt with with the Clippers so I'm going to seven game series Nick and I think the Nuggets just pull it out 4-3 you know I lean towards uh, the Phoenix Suns I do think that it's going to go uh, to distance it's going to be a tough series I think uh, it's going to be another dog fight but yeah I would not be surprised if the Nuggets are able to eventually emerge victorious yeah and shout out to everybody bring up Thomas Bryant yep I think Bryant could help the Nuggets, but for again, for some reason, similar to Darvin Ham and uh, Mobamba, uh, Michael Malone has just made it known that Thomas Bryant is in his doghouse for whatever reason. 
And uh, it, it's it's disappointing because they, at some point in time in this series, they're going to need that fourth big to come in because one of Jokic, MPJ, or Aaron Gordon are going to get in trouble. That's an interesting point. Good on good on a group for uh, pointing it out. So, Nick, how do you see as we slowly move towards the end of the snack? How do you see the next game unfolding for the Kings? against the Warriors, what adjustments do you think they have to make? Because the Warriors finally won a game on the road, and uh, Gerald and myself were wondering if they could even do that, so they did. Do you think Golden State closes it out at home? Uh, you know what, Sean? I, I, I do, um, and uh, I assume that Draymond is going to continue to come off the bench for them. We know that, you know, with the Keens and Mike Brown being there, they obviously uh, know the Warriors system is extremely well. Um, that said, I do think that ultimately talent is on the side of the Warriors. Um, they have a, you know, generational player like Steph Curry that um, will continue to thrive. Um, they have Clay Thompson. They have uh, Jordan Poole who could get the pool party going. Um, you know, they have... Draymond Green, uh, they have a Kevon Looney who has a motor the size of a 727 jetliner. So, um, yeah, I, I do think that the Warriors eventually are going to win. I think so as well. Just to me, I, I think it was just going to come a, come a point in time where uh, we were going to see the uh, there will be clay. <laughs> He's eventually going to uh, have an outburst. He had one last night championship medal comes through in the end i will say i think that if sacramento can find a way to either get steph or clay in foul trouble that would make the task a little easier but for some reason you know you're at home you're up three two something tells me there's going to just be an extra gear in the splash brothers i think they're uh you're going to be able to um, to beat them. Yeah, Sean. I mean, the Splash Brothers know that, you know, the twilight of their reign is coming to a close. And I think that that is just some added motivation to make sure that they make a good showing in these playoffs. Yeah, I think that the Warriors eventually win, Sean. Yeah, 100%. 100%. Nick, before we head out, I just want to give uh, a happy birthday to uh, Iceman George Gervin. He turned 71. George Gervin has the coolest NBA poster of all time um, sitting on the blocks of ice with the, with the balls, you know, the two, probably the two greatest athletes and men who managed to help kind of merge the ABA and NBA without, without uh, getting in the dust up was uh, George Gervin and Dr. J both humble men, both uh, great ambassadors for the game. And I just wanted to give a shout out and a happy birthday to uh, the Iceman. Shout outs to uh, George Gervin, Sean, uh, very well said. And obviously a big shout outs uh, to you, Sean. Uh, when I said that uh, Kevon Looney had the motor the size of a 727 uh, jetliner, that obviously also applies to you. Um, so <laughs> big shout outs to Sean, the Magic Man, for... Uh, always uh, putting in the work for the Lakers fast break and 
I'll catch you next time, Sean. Thanks again for hosting.